106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Good morning, Vietnam! Here's Johnny. He told me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I love you. I know. Say hello to my little friend. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Are You Still Watching? I got Frank and Josh with me as always. And uh, first, I just want to give thanks to our patron members where you guys can support the show. And uh, we actually give back. So I think the first gift that we're sending the patrons is out in the mail already. So hopefully uh, Manuel can let us know if he gets it and how the quality is on that. Cause... And you could uh, put that on his Instagram. Shout out. Hell yeah. <laughs> tag us. <clears throat> A little tag um, if you guys can't support us on Patreon, all we ask is that you share the show with your friends and family on your socials and uh, leave us a rating on iTunes because that'll help us out more than you guys know. Uh, I haven't checked the ratings, but I know we still hadn't gotten one yet because we haven't gotten enough reviews. So if you guys want to take two minutes of your time, just leave us a little review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. But uh, let's get to this movie. So this week's movie is a hell of an anxious ride. It's got uh, Adam Sandler. It's got KG. And it's got a little cameo from the weekend. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't even say who else it has. That's the Keith Stanfield. Who just Power knocked house. it out the park. Hell yeah. You skip over the Keiths. Come on, man. Sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> um, the movie is Uncut Gems. And it's a charismatic jeweler that makes high stakes bets. And I mean, it could lead to a win or just a total screw up of, of a lifetime. So, in a precarious high-wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. That's a hell of a description right there. I stole it from uh, IMDb, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Make it seem like he's going to like gun down people in a jury district. <laughs> I would watch that movie. But, but uh, go back to what you said. What was the first line you said about that? That he that it's a guy that puts high risk bets that tries to win or what? A charismatic jeweler makes a high stakes bet that could lead to a, the windfall of a lifetime. Well, you know he didn't win. It's an Oscar for his performance. He didn't get nominated. <laughs> funny thing enough, he said he jokingly said if he didn't get nominated, he would make the worst like piece of shit movie. I haven't seen Herbert Halloween, but I heard it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he put on a hell of a performance. I think he could have at least deserved the nomination. Yeah, for sure. really, really, really. I, I, I want to touch on that. I, I didn't really find him charismatic. I found him annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Every everybody he meets ends up hating him. But like the uh, the lady at the uh, when he was getting the opal uh, uh, appraised and stuff. The one that was like the receptionist. Yeah, I think he's charismatic to <laughs> his repeat customers because you kind of see it when KG walks in and 
he shows him the Furby and they start talking about the watches and and, and then his package comes in. But you, you see like the a little bit of charismatic character okay. in that scene, but I think uh every other interaction is just he's he's a piece of shit. Who who was um I you know, just off the topic, who was nominated that year? <clears throat> oh, for uh actor? Yeah. That, uh, that's your uh, Joaquin one. For Joker? Yep. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't going to be Joker. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, nom- I, at least get nominated. I, I, yeah, I, I, that's what I feel like. He should have at least got like nominated for that because that was just... Yeah, I, I'll say, like, this was just, like once again, one of the last few movies that I saw like in the theater. It was like December 2019. I went out just watching. I was just like, yo, he is fucking killing this. And as you see, like you, you just see a man... Make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Like even he, he had so many chances to win and just like put it up, and he just he just kept going. Nope. Like what's that saying? Uh, uh, snatching victory out the jaws of defeat. That's him in this movie. Um, this is a movie that went actually flew under the radar too. I don't know if you agree with that. Not a lot of people because. It had a budget of uh, nineteen million, and it only made fifty million. I I thought it deserved way more for for what we yeah. got with it. Yeah. What was it recorded on? It was, what was it filmed on? The, the it didn't look like a typical digital. I guess what they use nowadays. It looked like a classic. Uh, they were anamorphic lenses. You kind of see those the anamorphic. Uh, what's it called? The like the blast when the light comes in, and you get those wide. Um, patterns on it so i know it's anamorphic i'm not sure if it was like an re or if it was actually shot on film but it looked right. fucking gorgeous yeah that's what i'm gonna say it gave me a classic feel for like one of those <laughs> not like a, like an 80s movie but more of like a 90s movie like, like one of those 90s um crime movies i don't know yeah. it just gave me that classic feel oh like yeah uh the the Safdi brothers they're fucking phenomenal like film like I think uh, uh, Martin Scorsese was executive producer and even he said that he was like these guys have that young hungry energy kind of like him in the seventies like with good time and like so I'm not even like a big Rodden's Tomatoes like type of guy because like you know how I feel like a lot of people don't know how to like take it to account on Rodden Tomatoes but like both this and Good Time have like ninety two. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, which I found like I was like, man, that's fucking dope. Just move, both movies back to back with the same score, and like it deserved it. Like these are those are just two good movies. I'm only gonna get into like Good Time maybe later, but just like getting back to uh, Uncut Gems and stuff like that. I love how like it comes on with like him getting a cult hospice, and then like it goes <laughs> into like <laughs> the Opal, <laughs> and and then like you know you go him to like. One of the very first scenes is him and his mistress getting to a shouting match. And she was like, do you want to stand there and argue? Do you want to come and cuddle? Come on, let's cuddle. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so fucking tired. And that's pretty much throughout the movie. He just like gets into screaming matches with people and stuff and makes bet after bet after bet. And... Uh, it's, like I said, like you, you just see a man just like I, I'll get into the ending later, but I will say the, it, to me, a lot of people were mad at the ending. I thought it was fitting. Like I was surprised at first, but it really makes sense when you think about it. And when we like, I guess when we bring up the ending and stuff like that, 
we'll talk more about that. But like, yeah. I know you guys want to like stay towards like the beginning and stuff. Uh, Frank, you were correct, sir. It was filmed on thirty-five mil. Oof. It was Kodak Vision three five hundred T, which is a beautiful film. Uh, I shot a roll of that like two months ago, and I love the the images you get out of it. But anyway, <laughs> so I just, let, I just thought talk. it was a cool little thing. Yeah, it it made the movie that, that much, much more better, I think. Yeah, it had that so, nice gritty feel. Yeah, um, let's talk the opening scene from the mine to his colonoscopy, like. <laughs> It just kind of flowed, and then he gets to the to the bedroom with his mistress and all that. But what did you guys think of that opening scene in the, I guess the blood mine, the, the blood diamond mine? <laughs> that to be foreshadowing. It went from chaos to a bunch of shit to beautiful. <laughs> I don't know how that very, makes sense. Very poetic, very poetic, right there. Like I, I didn't even. I was like, well, I'm, how, what I'm gonna say about this? Frank said it best. I mean, if you think about it, the first part of the He's a bunch of chaos, you know, he's just been shouting with his uh, mistress. KG breaks a glass. A bunch him of shit get, in the middle of it. He, then, yeah, yeah, him getting that cold nostril was probably the calmest he was the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just laying there, just like, all right, well, you know, it's a camera up my ass. It's nothing I can do. <laughs> um, do you guys feel like anytime he's in the jewelry shop, that's where, like, the most chaos happens? And then when he leaves... It kind of slows down a little bit. <laughs> yes. I think his most chaos happens when he's with his mistress. <laughs> yeah. That's a toxic relationship right there. Oh, yeah. Like, at first it feels like he's an older, you know, successful man. And, like, he's just got, like, a younger side piece. And he's, like, you know, funding her career or whatever. Because she's like, oh, these are nice pictures. This is going to look good. And then, like, you <laughs> see, like, holy shit, she actually really loves this guy. And he's like, this is just a bad... Like, one of my favorite scenes is, like, after they leave, like, the part uh, with the weekend, and they're walking to the cab, and she's, like, trying to stop him from getting in the cab, and that music is just blasting. She's like, Howard, don't leave! And the camera just, like, cuts on her. It's like, doo-doo-doo! <laughs> I was like, yo, this is fucking wild. <laughs> but, uh, you, you, I, uh, but... I would agree with Zuli on that one about like the most chaotic part being like because like it seemed like the whole shop is like where all of his problems come from. Like you, he he met her, she worked for him in the shop. Mm-hmm. That's true. And his his family's just over his shit. Like his his daughter's just on the phone. She's just like whatever. His wife. Dude, is completely you believe the looks out. that they're giving him? <laughs> his son is slowly turning into him too. If you look at it. Yeah, yeah making pets. Yeah, he looks up to him. It's his, it's his pops. Yeah, I, I think oh, like the, the the youngest son might be the most innocent. The uh, the one he read to sleep and like while he was like trying to watch the Boston game. <laughs> but but yeah, like his his wife is completely checked out of this marriage and stuff like that. I I, I really like to see what they're, they're at. Uh, I I believe it's her dad's house, like for Passover. And he's like trying to weasel his way out of the divorce. <laughs> like what she said, oh, she was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she was like, you, she was like, you, she was like, oh, uh, uh, I bet you're gonna try to talk to way out of something. He's like, well, I'm not opposed to waiting for you know something to be over. He's like, and he gives him that weird Adam Sandler small dumb look <laughs> 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 that works, and like all of his comedies and stuff. 
And she was like, you look so stupid right now. <laughs> He's like, is it, is it really over? She was like, oh, she was like, she's like, you are the most annoying person I've ever met. If it wasn't for the kids, I wish I would never see you again. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then like, she was like, you can punch me. And like, she, you know, kind of like makes some flinch and she laughs. She's like, I wouldn't even touch you. I feel like Sandler, because we talked about this earlier, where he he made like the Jewish character like really stand out <laughs> in him. And I'm not trying to be offensive here, but like I went to school with a lot of Jewish kids when I was in middle school and high school, so like I was around that culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think Sandler nailed the shit out of that. Oh, he is Jewish, isn't he? I'm not really too sure. Yeah, he is Jewish. So he just, he just, because if you yeah. think about that, his eight crazy nights was based off of his Jewish. Yes, true. Jewish Very holiday, true. So and it's true. a lot of his movies are based off of Jewish um, holidays and traditions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he, he just had to get, in, I, guess, I hate to say this, but he, he just had to get into a stereotypical Jewish <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's exactly what uh, the director said. Like they wanted to be more of a stereotype. Because, well, Last night was like my third or fourth time watching it, and the voice I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "He's really like leaning into this Jewish character." He's like, "KG, no, I'm not gonna do the voice." He just did it, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's how he was. He was. I was like, "I was like, yo, he's really, he's really leaning into this." And then like reading that, I was like, "Okay, well, it makes sense." I was like, "He he did it." Oh, I got a nice piece of like trivia for like the part. The Kevin Grenette play and stuff like that, like it, it was going. It was, it went through different drafts. It was like Amari Stoudemire was one. Like, uh, you guys remember Amari Stoudemire, the po- uh, power forward, like Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And then like it was also they had a draft with Kobe, and I was like, what? And they was like, yeah, you know, they wrote it. They sent it to uh, Kobe's aid, and they said he wanted to get into acting. Then they said like, it, like. A little after that, they was like, no, he wants to get into directing. They was just like, what? So, you know, he came back to, like, Kevin Grenet, who I thought, like, was fucking excellent in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, in his book, it said this is his first movie? Yeah. Second movie. This is his second movie. Okay. He actually played a young Moses, or young Will Chamberlain in one of his first movies. That I have to see. <laughs> There's like a little cameo, but they feel the <laughs> That I have to see. <laughs> Kevin Grenet with hair and stuff like that, playing whoop table, whoop the suit. That I have to see. But yeah. So, I, I got a question for you guys because you guys watch a lot more basketball than I do, I think. Is KG really that fucking superstitious? Yeah. I've, a lot I've of heard, basketball yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot I've of basketball players that. are. Yeah. But him like, especially, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I can't remember exactly like where, but yeah, he has his own. They all have their own little. He's super intense, like how he was like in the jury about like needing that opal and stuff like that. Yeah, that's him. Like, that was like he he talks a lot of trash. I think like he butts his head against like the goalposts and stuff yeah. like that. He's he's a very intense individual. <laughs> okay, so that let me that. ask you, Josh. I mean, I know it's only you don't watch a lot of basketball. Let me ask you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Do you, who if it wasn't um, KG, who else do you see playing this role? Don't like the way he did it. Yeah. Oh, 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 shit. oh. Who do you think it'd be? Like a uh, like a intense like, a, like that. I want to say it would have for me personally. I think it would have to be 
I mean, he doesn't play anymore, but I think Chris Webber could pull it off. Maybe. Reggie Miller. <laughs> um, but nowadays, the yeah, yeah, names, they, they, I would have somebody. to say that's a maybe Russ, but I, I don't know Russ in the. Oh. Man, I don't know yeah. Russ, Russ Westbrook. I don't know if he's yeah. going to be uh, up for acting and all that. Uh-huh. And I know that they said they, they wanted to get like somebody like on the North. So like, <laughs> probably like that Philly, Boston, okay. New York, like Joe and B. Like he was another guy they, they thought about like having in the role. Like I, I could see Joe and B probably doing it. Yeah. All right. I was just curious about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, or maybe like Julius Randle. Because I think like it, it requires like a big guy but also a big personality and stuff like that and it's like yeah. a lot of guys you know like you we really don't really know like too much of their personality like you will we'll see social media and stuff but yeah but like kg is like super intense like he was just perfect for it like i could see him you know staring at a fucking rock with his elbow on the glass busting and be like yo i need this <laughs> uh frank oh i thought you guys died <laughs> yeah i was like uh, 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 frank what's up how good was Lakeith Stanfield in this movie? Oof. Like, well, we are on, we are in the Lakeith Stanfield fan club. <laughs> I, I'm like, for, for real, for real. I was like, anytime I see Lakeith Stanfield name, it's, I, I forgot, like, uh, I forgot about the anime. I'll get into like his anime and stuff like that. But like, anytime I see Lakeith Stanfield, I was like, yo, he's gonna fucking kill it. He was very different in the movie than <laughs> the more intense guy. Like, if you think about it, from Short term twelve, he was that sheltered kid. Uh-huh. Atlanta, he was like the the guru, the guru of the group. <laughs> um, and um, what is that? Um, Sorry to bother you. Is that what it's called? Uh huh. He was like the. I don't even know what to describe him in that movie. <laughs> that just that movie is just out there. And this one, he was just like an intense. You know, I guess. I don't even know what he was. What was he? He was the one bringing business to. Yeah, yeah. Like, like basically, they was running like kind of like a scam and stuff like that. Like he, he, he was like, he's like, he's like, I bring you business. That's how I get yeah. paid. He gets it like it gets like six percent. And I think like he also had like he was also trying to like sell like fake watches on the side. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's he was really intense. He was really great though. Yeah. Like he just and turned it up a notch. And it's like he, he it, like whenever he got tired of like Adam Sandler shit, like he was just like, yo, you better fucking stop. <laughs> Yeah, it's he's one of just those guys. Like, this is gonna sound maybe a little out there, but like, it's just some people they're not meant to be like leading characters. Like, it comes off a look. Like, I I saw a romantic company with him called The Photograph. He's great in it, but it's like you could tell like he's mostly used to playing like these odd characters and stuff like that. Like, he could do it. So, like, he's great in The Black Messiah. And in this and stuff, maybe it was just the photograph. Like he, in in that movie, he plays a guy named Michael Michael Block. That's a weird fucking name. <laughs> but yeah, like even this, like his name's the money and stuff. Like I love, I also love the scene where he's in the, like the club with the weekend. Like how when they do the black light, and he's the only one kind of like glowing with the orange jacket. Oh yeah, that's a great little visual. Yeah. Visual. I, I was just like, oh shit, and uh, I. I'm, the movie takes place in like 2012 because of how the music is set and like I, that's hilarious to me like he was like who the fuck is this guy and he's like the weekend he's like that's that's a dumb name yeah because the weekend hadn't blown up yet yeah so i was like you could definitely see him playing like in a club at that time and stuff like that he had a nice little scene too <laughs> little 
<laughs> I was like doing coke. Was little... <laughs> <laughs> I was like doing coke with, <laughs> with Julia Fox and stuff like that. Who I believe this was her first movie. She's good in it. This is her first movie. Yeah, uh, okay. as Julia. Yeah, you know, I was like she 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 nailed it. I guess because like I said, like when you first see it, you're like, all right, well. He's just an older man, well off. He's probably paying for her to go through school. Wink, wink. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, we all know how. We'll see, like, older guys, like, with younger women and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm leaving as soon as I get through school. What are you studying? She's, like, trying to be, like, a model or something. And then, like, you see, you just like, holy shit, she's actually in love with this guy. Like, she's willing to put her life on the line to cover his ass. I think it's that, like, I hate to say this, but like that broken home father figure type that, like, some girls tend to fall for. Mm-hmm. And Sandler, I mean, come on. He was like a father to her. And then he the turned into a boyfriend. He <laughs> was like the Sandman. <laughs> he was a disappointment. And, like, <laughs> I think she looked up to him and you, whatever the hell's going on, but yeah, she legitimately loved him and stuff. And I, I, I just really can't stress like how much I describe this movie as having a heart attack mixed with anxiety attack, plus <laughs> getting stuck in the heart with adrenaline like shot. Like that's this is still like that. Like you, we really cannot oversell the tone and like the vibe. Like the it's full on. Like it's him getting a colonoscopy. That's the comes in the, the whole movie. It's like involves him like just ending up yelling and cussing at people and trying to figure like we like him. To me, that was kind of hilarious and fucked up. That like the mo- the man he owes the most money to is his brother in law. <laughs> <laughs> And Wait, like you that? know, yeah, yeah, that, that that's his brother-in-law, the guy oh, Arnold. That, yeah, that's his. Like, it, it kind of makes sense why he he lived so long because he can't fucking kill him. You can only. Well, I was watching this movie last with my brother. He never really like seen all of it, and like the scene where they're like at his uh, Adam Sandler's character's daughter's uh, play, and yeah. he's running outside for the henchmen. They you know they throw him in the, like you, they're telling him he's like take off his clothes and they throw him in the truck. And they, my brother was like, why are they doing? That? I was like, he can't fucking kill him. Only thing he can do is make it weird for him. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you you got to get like you know like fucking creative and stuff like that. I mean like you know he's in the fucking trunk naked. <laughs> do you think the trunk scene was like the beginning of the downfall of everything? Be honest and stuff. I think at the beginning, like when he, when KG and the henchmen did that, might have been a downfall. Because from then and stuff, like, they slapped them in the, his shop, and it and like you just like kind of known like that. I think that might have been like a turning point. I agree about that. Like it was already like it just well, well yeah, I agree with that. Like it kind of accelerated. I think I think the downfall was when the Keith left him hanging in the in the practice gym. When like you just saw like Keith just like ditch him in the practice gym. Oh, true, and, true. And then that's when like you kind of knew like okay, shit's about to like, like he's not what he he's not what he uh, tends to portray himself as. He's not a big yeah. hot shot with you know mm-hmm. these guys. 
<laughs> that's when you kind of figure, okay, this guy's going to get into a lot of shit because he can't even get in the back of this area. Uh, they they had an interesting relationship. Like, these are two guys, like, it's, it's purely a business relationship and stuff like that. But it's like, how have they managed to work together this long? Because it, it seemed like it might have been, they knew each other, like, for a while and stuff like that. Like, Lakeith would fuck him over and then, like, show, he'll call him, he'd be like, yo, I got you. Then he'll show up and like he fuck him over again. And in the end, like Lakeith ends up kind of like helping him out. <laughs> so, that was just I found like that kind of weird. I also like the henchmen in this movie and stuff like that. They're older, like mobbed up guys. <laughs> and like you can tell, like they they've been dealing like with Adam Sandler's character shit for way too long. Like they're just fed up with it. Like they're very quick <laughs> to rough them up. And you can tell, like, they enjoy it. Get a little enjoyment out of beating the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) I like felt uh, like a Jewish Goodfellas. (laughs) True, true. Like, you You, could probably spin this off and make their own little series, and you know what I mean? Like, you you know what? I don't don't think the brother-in-law was Jewish. I think that's, like, why the dad didn't like him that much. (laughs) Because he was like, yeah, he told me happy holidays, like it's Christmas or something. I was like, Fuck. so that that was kind of fun to see, like the like the big, you know, he never really seemed like a big bad guy, but like the I guess the debt collector brother, just like yeah, yeah. Uh, the brother in law, just in there like smoking a cigarette, sitting on the couch, just like trying to like fit in, and they don't want him to, and they won't <laughs> let him. Wait, so, yeah, I, I, uh-huh. but, what, can we talk about the Furby? Let's do it. <laughs> Did you guys ever have one? No. No. Y'all never had a Furby? No, I haven't. Yeah, I don't believe so. But I would, I would, I would hold an iced out Furby. The eyes move. I would, I would rock the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> so, Furby was like this huge thing. I think early two thousands, probably. So, yeah. Josh was probably too young. Frank was a little older. So I guess it hit me right. Right in the sweet spot. But I remember these motherfuckers would talk to each other and they had their own little stupid language. So when I saw it iced out, even in the preview, I was like, okay, I'm going to go see this movie just for the fur because. <laughs> I can just see you like Adam Sandler, that's a degenerate gambler who, who ruins his own life by not stepping out of his own way. Eh, maybe. Furby, yes. Two tissues, please. Okay, it, the Furby was just like an extra point, all right? The movie looked good. So. <laughs> I'm really trying to remember. I'm like, did I have a Furby? I'm, maybe, or did my sister have a Furby? I, I don't know. Furbies might have been in my household. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> they, just, they would trip me out, but like when you see him pull it out and he moves the eyes, it brought back that my teacher threw it against the wall once because somebody activated it and it kept talking. So that's what I was waiting for when he was showing KG the Furby. I was like, oh, this thing's going to say something stupid or whatever. But I, I don't know. It was a letdown, the Furby. But I just I wanted to talk about the Furby. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm here for it and stuff like that. Like, that, that, like I, I like how they all looked amazed, too. And it was like when the Oz were there, oh. And he was like, like, he was like, yeah, you know, he was, he was there all. Uh, at the early part of the rap and stuff like that. Like, he, he was getting all the rappers jury. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, and then he has all the fake Rolexes and crap, and you see him when he's talking to Lakeith, and Lakeith goes into the safe. <laughs> what the fuck is this? 
Those are fake. Those are fake watches. <laughs> he, said, he said the boxes are mad expensive, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has all that stack of Gucci shirts that he gives to his fucking teller. And like he he just doesn't give a fuck about anyone or anything. He just wants an opal, and that's it. Howard, man, I gave you eight years of my life, man. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to leave, and you're going to be mad. Yeah, take the Gucci shirt. It's, it's it costs more than whatever. No, dude, fucking pay attention to me. Like, ah. Uh. So, how much anxiety did Sandler's role give you guys the entire time in the movie? Oh man, first time alive. Like, I'm in the movie theater. Like, oh my god, my heart is just like bumping. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't think a movie is supposed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw it on Netflix for the first. I saw it on Netflix when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to press pause throughout the whole movie because I was just like, oh, no, no man. Shit. I was like, God, it's like, no. I don't, know, I don't want to know what's going to happen next. I had to take a pause, take a little break, and then come back and watch the rest of the scene. <laughs> My palms kept sweating, like, like horribly sweating because I would see his decisions. And, like, me, I'm thinking of the consequences that are coming from this. When he goes and makes the stupid bet with the watch. And I'm like, dude, no, what are you doing? Stop. His, oh man, what is his name? He's he's a big New York radio personnel, like the guy that plays the bookie. It's like Michael Frisch and Chucks or something like that. And I, I thought that was a nice little touch. He's the guy like that's always yelling on the radio. <laughs> <clears throat> and he was like, he's like, finish the bet, finish the bet. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's Mike Francesa. Yeah, that's it. Super stressful movie, super stressful, and it's just like you, you, you was like, Man, how's he gonna get his way out of this? And like, he just kind of like gets by on the skin of his nuts, and then he just jumps right into another situation and stuff like that. To me, that scene at the end, like when he has the money, not at the end, but like when he get uh, when Kevin Garnett like pays for the Opal, yeah, and he talks himself into like making a bet, and he was like, Vegas doesn't think you're gonna get. Eight rebounds, and he's like, "Man, I'm paying attention to this shit." But he's like listening, <laughs> and he was like, "I said, like, I'm gonna put all this money on you." He's like, "I'm not an athlete. This is how I play. This is how I win." And I was like, "Man, it, that sign is death warrant right there." But that was his charisma because stupid KG believed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But to, to me, like in the sense of the movie, that sign is death warrant. Oh like, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, it's no getting way out of this." <clears throat> Um, do you guys think this is one of Sandler's best roles? Yeah. Mm, I don't know, Punch Drunk. I mean, we're talking about like some serious. I think this is like one of his only serious roles next mm-hmm. to Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. He did it the Cobbler too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. I think we're going with. I think Punch Drunk Love was a. I think he had a better role in Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but the question was not which one was the better. It's just like, do you feel like this is one of his best roles? Yeah, oh, one of yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I, what I, I was. I would still put Punch Drunk Love over this one. Mm. I, I would agree with, with uh, Punch Drunk Love uh, being over because that, that was mostly like taking like his anger that he has in like uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, and, like putting it like in serious situation like yo this is a man with a huge anger problem and it's a fantastic romantic comedy too yeah uh, uh back in 2002 if you all haven't seen that one yeah 
So, uh, yeah, I, I would put it, like, after that, I would say Uncut Gems, and I would, uh, third, I would say The Meyerowitz Story. It's a Netflix original. Yeah, Uncut. That's a good and one. Unsub- yeah, that that one, I would probably say, like, that maybe, like, his third. Uh, what do you rank Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison? <laughs> or Bedtime Stories? I think Bedtime Stories or, is probably number three. <laughs> or Click. <laughs> Or Fifty First States, you know, it's just crazy how he has all these movies, uh-huh. and but then he could, like, t- I mean, you just see what he could do, and he actually switches it on to like more serious actor. I have a question for y'all because I was thinking about this. Okay, so we know like what he's capable of, like when he's like with a good director, and he has to go like a little bit more serious and stuff like that, and then he does like all these other like, like companies with his friends where they go on vacation and make not so good movies. Like, it, do you think? It's better for him to like come out and like every once in a while show us like what he can really do, or do you think like it's kind of like messed up how he just like coast and then like you know then he'll come out and be like surprise I'm actually pretty good. You know what I take his career as? Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. Yeah, like, well, it's like kind of like the same route Will Ferrell's doing. And Will Ferrell did a good job. He's doing a good job. I mean, mm-hmm. he shocks a lot of people when he does it. Mm-hmm. I but think I it shows say, his diversity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, Will Ferrell doing that too. Mm-hmm. I think Will Ferrell's best role was in Casa de Mi Padre, but that's just my opinion. As soon as on a fucking road, I did not expect to hear that and the cobbler. I was like, well, the movie <laughs> where he fucking makes shoes? <laughs> but really, like, I, th- I think this is probably one of Sandler's best. Um, I haven't seen Punch Drunk Love in forever. I don't remember it too much, so I got to go back up. and watch it. But yeah, it holds up. I think uh, I like that he does these these serious roles. But you, I mean, you go back and you look at all of his filmography, and there's a ton of comedy, like a ton of it. And then you have these serious roles every once in a while. And I don't know, Frank. I think he should do serious roles more often just to kind of remind you that he can act mm-hmm. and we shouldn't forget it like don't write him off as just this guy from the do-over or uh that's my boy or eight <laughs> crazy nights grown-ups you know like hey don't hate on eight crazy nights that was actually a good movie <laughs> i like eight crazy <laughs> it was nights. a good cartoon um just don't expect a this kind of movie from him in a long time because i think he signed like a three three film deal with netflix yeah, like there's like a three film deal with his Happy Madison yeah. production, so of course you're gonna get those. those uh, and we have nothing to get. Like that's that's great uh, financial shit. Like that 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 enables him to like you know like I, that's always like a running joke and so that like when the movie being like Hawaii and stuff like that, like he'll take his friends and they have like a nice vacation and they make a movie. That's great. We're not shitting on them for that and stuff like that. What I was getting at and stuff like that is just like. Kind of just uh, since this is a movie dealing with basketball, like you see a guy with like with a lot of potential, like he'll have maybe about like ten bad games, and then he have like two great games. You be like, damn, this motherfucker like puts it together. He's amazing, <laughs> and it's just like you got to deal like with those ten bad. Like <laughs> that's my boy, ground up one and two, Jack and Jill. <laughs> you got to deal with that, but then you also get like the Myrick stories. Uh, 
funny people, uncut gems. Like you, you just kind of like waddle through it and stuff like that. And I, I, I think we're we're all fans of his and stuff like that. Like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, uh, Big Daddy and stuff like that. We're all fans. Big Daddy was a classic. We should have reviewed that film. No, just <laughs> <laughs> that is a classic. It is. So um, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was just like that was that was just me. Like when I was thinking about, it, I was like, damn, like when he actually just like, I don't want to use the word care, but or try, but when he actually steps out of his comfort zone, he's fucking amazing. Like he he crushed that shit. Do you think Sandler's next movie role should be a villain? I think it is going to be a villain, actually. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Let's let's ask the Google. <laughs> but you, you got while you're looking for that, you guys remind me. He was he was supposed to play the bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Like, I, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know why I just like randomly remember that. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I need to get a life. Just, I'm just thinking of random movie facts. But I'm actually glad he didn't portray the Bear Jew because I think they did a really good casting with uh, Roth on that one. That's Roth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Eli Roth. Like, I, Eli I Roth, agree. Yeah. I, was, I, I was just like, I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. While while was like looking at up, Frank, like what what did you? Well, I think we're at the point where we could talk about the ending. I think like that's something that was shocking. What do you think about the ending? Were you about to, what he won and then they shoot him? Yeah, like what? Did, well, how did you? Because spoiler alert, y'all. <laughs> but it was fitting. I mean, the side piece gets the money at the end. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a fitting ending to this movie. Everything. It seems like everything went downhill when he got the gem and he started messing around with the side piece. So this just ended on a downer with the side piece running away with the money and leaving him with nothing. Did you think he was gonna make it? Nah, no, nah. The whole movie okay. ended. Was, I knew the whole movie ended. He was gonna die. Okay. Yeah. I, when it first came out, so that, 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 that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I would have been movie, disappointed if he stayed alive. In the movie and stuff like like when I was watching like in the theaters and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, shit. And then like when it happened, I, I was kind of conflicted. I was like, what the fuck? And then like like I said, you think about it. He's <laughs> like, yo, that's the most logical conclusion. Like these henchmen are all fed up and they just like, man, fuck this shit. And something else I noticed and stuff like that, like if when you go back and like pay attention, like I I, I had to like I was reading about something and I read it. You hear like the police sirens, like after like they like they shoot Adam or uh, Howard and they shoot Arnold and stuff like that, they kill him. They're stuck in that fucking room. Like it's like the door they gotta like buzz it. Yeah. Like because when Arnold like tries to go and like he goes to the door and stuff like that, like they're fucking stuck in there and like the police are coming. It's just like they if they just would have cooled out. They probably would have got their money, and then everything would have been okay. But I doubt it. I th- he probably just would have made an even bigger bet. That's just the story of it all. I mean, if you think about it, when you know when they put him in the before they put him in the trunk, mm-hmm. he won. He won on that bet. Yeah. And they canceled that bet too. Mm-hmm. So it's just a story of bad luck, Sandler. Mm-hmm. I just I think the more the story is, don't become a gambler, <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, pay your debts. <laughs> Or violence will begin on you. Like people don't fuck around with that. Nope. <laughs> All right, so I got nothing for Sandler's next uh, movie except the storyline, and it's one sentence. 
Uh, it's a washed-up basketball scout that discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in China and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Ooh, that, that, that sounds like a Netflix movie or Happy Madison yeah. production. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that, that sounds like one of those type of films. But yeah, I don't see anything about him being a villain or... All right, I thought I heard it somewhere. But we got Sandler, Robert Duvall, Ben Foster's going to be in it, Queen Latifah. Ben oh, yeah. Foster? So, oh, yeah, this, this sounds like a good movie. He always gets such amazing cast. He'd be like, <laughs> he be like, how the fuck did he get Al Pacino in this? Well, I was like, Ben Foster, okay. I was like, ben, I guess Ben Foster wants to show off his uh, comedic side, and I'm, I'm all for it. That's another intense actor right there that always plays like intense roles lately. But yeah, I, I agree. Well, uh, like my friend was when we we're talking about like uh, the ending. Like I, I guess you can see like he, I guess part of me was like, oh, he made it. Like he's he's going to live and stuff like that. And it's just like nope. I kind of got that too, but the whole time my fucking palms are so sweaty, and I knew some bad shit was going to happen, mm-hmm. and then it happened. Mm-hmm. So and then I was. I was back to being calm and normal. I was like, all right, cool. This guy finally, he fucked up his yeah. last time. <laughs> locking, that, lock, yeah, locking him in that room. That probably was the last straw. <laughs> he should have gotten that door fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, once I would have known, like, she was like at the airport, like, made it to where she made the bet. I just would have probably like unlocked them. I don't know. Maybe things would have still ended up the way it was. Maybe not. I don't know. But that's the point of the movie. So this is a man. Who trips over his own dick? <laughs> oh, constantly. The whole fucking movie. Cannot, like, stress it. I know people reading this, if they're, people are hearing this, they're probably like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Watch it. <laughs> Watch it and see. Watch it and see. I was like, we're not doing a good job enough of, like, explaining the anxiety you would have on watching this. But, like, it's hard to fully... To fully express like what it is, so th- this was like really one of them. Like it's very immersive. Like it it throws you into his life. Like f- the scene where he his wife tells him to get the trash is fucking stressful. Like you you don't know if somebody's like gonna pull up and throw him in the trunk because how the camera moves and stuff. And it's just him getting the fucking trash can. Yeah, the whole mood through his his day to day life, his actions as a jeweler, his betting, like it just takes you on this ride, and you don't know when something bad is going to happen and it just i guess the the lack of control that his character has it you really get immersed in it and it fucking uh, it gave me anxiety <laughs> favorite scenes mm, i think any scene was a key for me was a favorite scene but, I think <laughs> I, but my favorite scene would probably have to be when the key leaves him hanging in the basketball gym. So that's where you know where shit's just going down. Because you see Adam Sandler, he's like having a good time. He steals the ball from someone. <laughs> and the keys, you know, he just keeps walking. And but before Come that, he, even before that, like when he's like in the car and he's like, hey, get in the fuck in the car. And then the guy's like, hey, don't touch my car. Who are these guys? And you just see like his both, you just see both his worlds like, I guess, conflict with each other. I don't know if you guys caught on to that part. Yeah. <laughs> get away with that Fugazi one. Yeah. <laughs> so you look at it, you just see both his worlds, you know. He he fucks over so many people. Yeah. Clash with each other. That's what I was trying to say. They clash with each other. Have that scene. Uh, 
like one of my first, like I said, like after they get kicked out the club, him and Julie are walking, and he's she's trying to stop him from getting in the cab. Uh, him and his wife, when she's like, she pretty much tells him like she's done with his shit. And the uh, the last scene with KG, like where he makes the bit, and yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh shit! He's like, you won, you won. Just pay these people. And whatever money you have left, fuck around with it. He just he just couldn't do it. He 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 his, his demons caught up to him, but like they're all self inflicted and stuff like that. I think where he's naked in the trunk is my favorite scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> he tries to play it off like it's cool, it's cool. Don't worry. I just I I need a minute. Give me a minute. Go back inside. <laughs> Like, he doesn't see his actions continually uh-huh. just fucking everything up. And uh, I don't know. I just, that scene, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only seen two uh, Safdie Brothers films, this and Good Times. But I would say, like, both both those two, they're, they're very great of, like, causing tension, stress, and just, like, watching two horrible main characters do things and like you kind of like sympathize with them because you know like what they're, why they're doing like what they're doing but it also you're just like yo you were a piece of shit before you even went down this path <laughs> and and it I will just say like both films come to the most logical conclusions about like what we have to mo- like the main character like they don't fucking win and it, it, it's kind of like their own fault. It's like you, it's like you you set you you chose to walk down this path, and like once you are already going down this path and stuff like that, it's no getting off it. It's no turning around. It's no uh, coming at a crossroad. No, you just keep on walking down the path, and so that you, you you're long past the point of no return, and, and uh, you, you get your most logical conclusions. That's what I have to say. I think his point of no return was in the beginning of the movie when he first gets the opal. Okay. Because that was his his baby's coming in and... Yeah. That, that was going to fix all his problems. <laughs> he <laughs> overestimated the shit out of it. He was like 3,000 carries, a million dollars, and it doesn't come anywhere close to that. <laughs> so I'm like, who the, who the, who the fuck to praise this? <laughs> I'm just saying, when your opal comes packed in a fish, you might want to reevaluate your life decisions. <laughs> and I like, I love how KG points out the hypocrisy of it. So he was like, "You paid them a hundred thousand dollars. You gonna sell this for a million? And he was like, "It's like, it's like, do you know what an eat your pin Jew made? This is, this is, this is enough to last him a lifetime. A million dollars a last more." Any other things you guys want to talk about in this movie? Like, I know we covered scenes and horrible decisions. Maybe something we learned from this. Don't be like him. <laughs> don't get a side piece. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, never mind. I was, I was, I was, I was like, eh, let's not start bashing people' lifestyles. There's plenty of people out there who cheat on their wives or cheat on their husband that you know don't let it affect their day to day life. <laughs> All right. Um, I would say, watch it. It's a good movie. I mean, it it's a really underrated movie that flew under the radar because it wasn't like promoted as much or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you have to you have to be a real cinema watcher, a real cinema fan mm-hmm. to knew all this movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's it was shot on film. And it was shot on actual film, which is rare these days. It's on Netflix. It's just sitting on, on Netflix. Netflix. On Netflix, co- collecting views. I hope. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, it's, it's just sitting. Like I was surprised it was still there. I was like, oh shit, it's still there. <laughs> I think it's that one and uh, Good Times. They're or at least on my list, they were put together. Yeah. So I'm not uh-huh. sure if it's just the algorithm or mm-hmm. the way that uh, Netflix puts them together when they're out there. But I mean, both those movies are really good. But watch this one mm-hmm. and check out everything else that A24 offers because they make some pretty good films. Yeah. Do not go expecting a regular Adam Sandler comedy. I've never seen some of that. People were mad. Like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what? I was like, did you? Did you? I know some people, they're like, well, I don't watch the trailers so nothing get ruined. And I was like, well, you at least got to know what the fuck, like, movie you going for. <laughs> like, I, if you go into this expecting, like, you know, Billy Madison or, like, anything <laughs> he, he did on Netflix, you, you, you're going to be disappointed. Like, I don't know why you would go expecting that, but, you know, different tastes from people. I was like, this this is not that. This is like <laughs> an Adam Sandler, like, you've never seen. Like, he, like, I was, he, he, he has some charisma and stuff like that, but he's highly unlikable in this. Like, he uses the Adam Sandler voice where he, like, hit high pitches. He's screaming, he's cussing, he's flying yeah. off the handle. Like the the woman who married him calls him the most annoying person she met. <laughs> <laughs> That's an accurate description. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I would say you know, shake, uh, sit down on Netflix. Probably get you some. I don't know if if, you, if your palms get sweaty easy. Get you some napkins. <laughs> wipe them down. Uh, you take a break if you have to. Like it, it, this movie will probably push people that used to smoke back to smoking. <laughs> So there is like, a shitload uh, of anxious moments in the movie. Like, just just be prepared for that, guys, because it's yeah, it's something. It's a lot of oh shit. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Please stop. Because you see it coming. Yeah, you see it the entire time. Every stupid decision that he makes, you're like no, 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 no. So you, he's a likable bad guy almost. Like it's a the character he plays is just a bad. It, he's a moron. Yeah. Basically, and you want him to succeed, but at the same time, he just keeps making these horrible decisions. And you, uh, I'm getting anxious talking about his <laughs> yeah, I, can talk to, <laughs> I, can, I was like, his heart rate is rising like a bus. Because <laughs> I was watching it again this morning just to give myself a refresher on it. But I'm like, dude, did, why did I watch this again? Like, I don't. <laughs> It's a good ass movie, but it's just the yeah. decisions. And after you watch it a couple of times, you know what's coming next. So <laughs> it makes it a little easier. But the first time you watch it, it is hard because you know. And I think the music that they're putting behind it, too, and the camera angles, like everything kind of contributes to mm-hmm. where the movie gets driven to. And then when you finally get to the end, you're thinking, oh, okay, yes, he, he did it, he made it, and then <laughs> snap. <laughs> it, but it's it, kind of it, a relief. It even ends on like an upbeat techno song. It's like, doom, yeah. doom, doom. <laughs> but that ending is kind of a relief. Like, and I hate to say it because I didn't want yeah. his character to fucking die, but <laughs> I honestly think he deserved it after all the bullshit he did. <laughs> 
when you said when you was like, yo, he probably would have been dead a long fucking time ago. <laughs> I, I think if there was no family ties to any of his decisions, they would have killed his ass a long time ago. Yeah. Cause yeah, it, it there's no let up. Like it's it's over and over and over and over. And it's always some stupid lying ass excuse. And it doesn't matter if he gets left in the trunk naked or if they beat his ass in front of the uh, the auction site or whatever it is. Like, it's just, it's over and over again, dude. That scene shows, like, him not willing to beg. He gets fucking, like, elbowed in the throat and he stills walking after them trying to convince them. And they punch him. Yeah, and they. <laughs> it's like, dude, you are, you're, you're, you're in enough shit as it is. Take a moment, step back, analyze the situation that you're in. Fucking give it like, up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like he he lacked like all sense of self uh impulse and stuff like that. Like he he just couldn't understand. Like he he had a plan. He thought it was good. It's only like one time in the movie where he gets down on himself, like after he gets like beat up and he's sitting in his office crying. And then like after that, like, you know, he gets the good news or like KG wants to buy the opal. And you think he's like, all right, well, he learned his lesson. No. <laughs> Hell no. No, he did not. Anyways, guys, if you want to go watch a really anxious movie, I think we all recommend this one like 100%. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything else, y'all, before we, we cancel out? Are we doing another one next week or are we taking a week off? That's up to Frank. Me? Well, they, well you, you, you're leaving. I'm going to Arlington. Texas, yeah. baby. Texas, I'm, baby. I'm, you're already in Texas, but okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be back by Saturday. Oh, wait. Oh, you are? Wait. Yeah, we, we have to do one. It's going to be Sunday. I well, so. I guess we'll do one next week. Um, mm-hmm. Quick uh, little plug at the end. If there's anything that the people want us to do, because I know uh, I got a request for us to do a rom-com or just rom-coms in general. Oh, John. No, let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can do that one, not when Frank gets back, but maybe after. And if our audience has any suggestions on rom-coms that we should watch and talk about, I would uh, be open to it. Is Crazy Stupid Love considered a rom-com? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I My feelings about romantic movies are very well known. <laughs> but anyways, send us your suggestions um, on Instagram. We're are you still watching dot pod, and we're on Twitter as well. And everything's linked below. So if there's something specific you guys want. Um, we also got some feedback for our Star Wars episode, but we'll do that one uh, separately. I'll probably answer it on on the Instagram stories. So check us out over there. But uh, that's my two cents. If you guys want to say anything and, and close us out. I would say watch the movie. I'm very anxious to see if anybody agreed with me about uh, Rogue One, about what I said on the beach. Probably <laughs> nobody probably answered that question, but I'm, I'm, very, I'm willing to wait however long to reach the right people. <laughs> I'm willing Check to wait. Check out last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was like, if you want to see a man make terrible decisions, watch Hidden Gems. Well, uh, Hidden Gems. Uncut Gems. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> which is it is a hidden gem because like you know now people ought to watch it so but yeah watch uncut gems uh we give it the stamp of approval if that means okay. anything hopefully and you know we really enjoy doing this show and we we all look forward to doing it and we hope that we continue to deliver good content and you know just share the show and we hope it gets bigger take your baby I know.